0: Saturday morning coffee with Reese Boyd. So me all all
1: was I,
0: yeah, was Reese Boyd is on right now. Talk ninety four point five.
2: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is Saturday, June the 19th. Juneteenth. June the 19th, 2021, 7.08 a.m. on your Saturday morning. Thanks for joining us here on Saturday Morning Coffee. I am your host, Reese Boyd, local attorney here in town with the firm of Davis & Boyd Attorneys at Law. And uh, I'm your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. Welcome to the show here at Saturday Morning Coffee. We invite you to sit down or remain in bed, whatever you prefer. Pour yourself a cup of your favorite coffee. Join us as we talk about the news, current events, all the things happening in this crazy world, this crazy planet that we're uh, spinning around the uh, the galaxy on. Here at Saturday Morning Coffee, we are all about limited government, lower taxes, and all the things that mean more freedom for you and me, all of us who are we the people. We have a country to save, folks. Goodness gracious, I'm trying. I'm trying. We've got a country to save. It starts right here. starts right in your kitchen at your kitchen table, uh, raising up your little crumb crunchers to be good little liberty-loving patriots. starts right here in the studio as we help keep you informed of all the things that you need to know, all the things that you need to be aware of to stand up and be heard on Joined here in the studio, as always, by muffin-bearing <laughs> producer extraordinaire, Dr. Glenn Dye. Brought me some great vegan muffins from Carol this morning. Good morning, uh, Dr. Good morning, Dr. good morning. How are you this morning? I'm good. I've got my Duncan. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of good to go. I didn't sleep particularly well last night, but I'm going to give it my best shot today.
3: So. yeah um we uh, as you heard early on we've got some heavy rain moving our way so the, we do. the green grass continues i mean everything is finally coming out of a you know really a, a, a pretty good drought that we had
2: now i was so. hoping i was hoping to get a bike ride in. by the way i was my wife is out of town she's visiting with her dad um who had surgery so i want to give a shout out to uh, dr bud um Hope his uh, recovery is going well this morning. I'm sure he's probably listening, but I don't sleep particularly well. I don't, is it something about being in the bed that it, it's like I'm used to occasional movements? Right. Um, it's right. like I just don't sleep well when I'm in the house by myself. I can and, understand uh, that. You know, it's just weird. And so, anyway,
3: um, but. You're going to get a bike ride in. I was
2: planning to do a bike ride today. Is that going to happen?
3: Yeah, 20% chance of rain today. Okay. This is all moving tomorrow afternoon, kind of late, and then overnight, and, uh, you know, some severe weather moving our way.
2: What is the uh, coffee du jour? Uh, today is Lavazza. So you're going to gonna, you're gonna so, Lavazza? Yeah, Very still, good. still using Lavazza. Is, is that some of the uh, Tim McGinnis uh, no, 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 no. He hasn't brought me any coffee.
3: I'm going to have to ask him you about better that. No, him no, You yeah. better hit him up. You better hit
2: him up um and uh so uh, you should join me at the hulk this afternoon we'll go for a bike ride i think they're having by the way if you are interested in helping with i believe there is a trail work day at the hulk if you're interested in going out to the hulk mountain bike trail speaking of helping with trail maintenance trail improvements the guys are out and gals don't let me uh don't let me, uh, discriminate. At the trail helping with trail maintenance, trail improvements today, they'll be working from 8 to 12 on the trail. So if you guys would like to head out hmm. to the Hulk and help them with uh, trail improvements, they would love to have you. Take a shovel, any uh, dirt moving tools. If you've got a grater, you want to drive your grater over there, you know, we'll, uh, we'll be glad to have the help. And uh, they'll be riding, of course, after the uh, trail day. I think the trail day lasts from 8 uh, to 12 if i'm not mistaken
3: well so. you know i would like to do that at some point but um you did tell me i would need a helmet so therefore i am a little on the reserve side you know after you break a lot of bones yeah um you, i don't want to be injured anymore yeah so. you want to ride you
2: want to ride the uh you to want to sh- ride
3: you want to ride the hulk with a helmet i tend to shy from things that need a helmet
2: So I um I have not been riding as regularly lately, and I tell you I can really feel it when I do ride. If I don't ride regularly, it makes a big difference. And uh, folks, it is uh, June the nineteenth. We'll be talking a little bit about the Juneteenth holiday, of course, today here on Saturday morning coffee. A lot of you don't know a lot about uh, the Juneteenth holiday. Recently, it's our I believe it. I guess it's our newest uh, federal holiday. Yeah. So that means uh,
3: next year it might well. It, it'll it won't always fall on Saturday, right? So <laughs> won't it be a federal holiday on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever it falls?
2: Here's a thought, Glenn. When do we stop declaring federal holidays? I'm just curious.
3: I, I don't I'm know. I'm asking for a friend. I don't know.
2: So why don't we carry? And I'm I'm not. I really don't mean to make light of Juneteenth when I say this, but right. I'm. This is more an issue of workdays and banks being mm-hmm. open, not open. I mean, financial markets. I mean, what what happens when we carry? socialism to its natural conclusion and declare every day a federal holiday.
3: Well, we won't be going to work anyway with socialism, won't we? Well, that's we'll what I'm saying. Yeah,
2: will just it, I mean market, every, markets will never be open. The stock market would you'd never have to worry about a bad day in the market. I think OAC
3: says it's because, going to be a holiday every day.
2: Because the market would never be open. <laughs> exactly. So you would never have to worry about losses in your portfolio Money, because yeah. the markets would never open. Yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be great. If we'll just yeah. So, we've got about how many federal I, This is an interesting research project for some of you. I haven't looked at this. Be curious. Uh, to see how many federal holidays we have, how many work days in the year, how long it's taken us to get to this point in right. the number of holidays, and how long we've got basically. How long right. do I have to? I mean, is it going to occur in my lifetime? I doubt it.
3: But. Yeah, where's uh, Walt, the economist? He could tell us the yeah, percentage. Walt, Walt, of, run the projections on that yeah, for us and perc- get back to us. Percentage of holidays versus work yeah. days in so. government.
2: Folks, we do invite you to join the discussion if you'd like to chime in on that or any other topic, Juneteenth, uh, paid holidays or unpaid holidays, (laughs) personal time off, et cetera, et cetera. The call-in line, of course, as always, is the very friendly folks over at 843-903-2945. If you want to text your comments to us on the pcrxcomputers.com text line, that number is 843-798-8255. That's 798-TALK for those of you who are uh, not impaired in that regard. 798-8, uh, 8, 798-8255. That is 798-TALK. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. As uh, always, my Twitter handle is at Reese Boyd if you want to tweet me. If you follow at Reese Boyd on Twitter, which I am still keep for it's just a convenient place to grab audio clips, so I'm still for the moment on Twitter even though the Twitter hijinks uh, do continue for sure. Um, but if you, if you follow me on Twitter, you will get a link to the podcast, uh, knock on wood, hopefully when the integrations work, uh, when we post a podcast, it's supposed to automatically tweet out an announcement with a link to the show. So if you follow me on Twitter, you'll get those podcast announcements in your Twitter feed. And for those of you who like to use good old-fashioned email, you can email your comments to me. The email address for the show is Reese Boyd, SMC at gmail.com. That's Reese Boyd, SMC at gmail.com. And many of you like to call the office during normal business hours. That number at the offices of Davis and Boyd, Attorneys at Law, is 843-839-9800. I heard from an avid listener this week. Kevin called me yesterday afternoon. Also going to be a client. So thank you, Kevin, for uh, listening. And thank you for calling uh, the office. So that is uh, uh, coming up again. We're going to got some news on uh, Juneteenth. Also, Glenn, wanted to mention again, next week is our Anniversary. anniversary show. Yep. So I'm thinking of some things that we can do in tribute. Uh, For the second anniversary, big deal. Obviously, the big show, the big number. Now we're headed into the terrible twos. (laughs) So I don't know what that exactly says about what Saturday morning coffee is going to be like in the in the weeks ahead. But we'll see how we handle the terrible twos. Y'all, it wasn't the terrible twos were not fun in my house. Let me
3: let me assure (laughs) you of that. Now, real quick before we go to break, tell people about this lineup you've got of guests here today.
2: Right? Yeah, we've got yeah. Uh, Jimmy Richardson going to be with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got um, – who else we got? We've got FBI. Jim Furry, yep, Jim former Furry. FBI agent, going to be mm-hmm. talking to us about some, some FBI issues in the news. But uh, got an idea for y'all for the second anniversary show. We'll get to that in a little Juneteenth update right after the break. So stick with us. After these words from our sponsors, we'll be right back with more Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Maurice Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. I
4: would press that clutch and i keep it right. He'd say, a little sore son, you're doing just fine. Just a third road with
5: trash on each side, but I was merry
0: Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd radio hour is now two full hours. More Reese coming up next on talk. 94.5.
2: Hi everybody, it's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here today talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Scott, you and I have talked many times that there are lots of financial advisors in Myrtle Beach, but why would folks be well served to contact Pyle Financial Services if they need assistance with their financial plan?
5: Reese, it really begins when they walk through the door. As fiduciaries, we put their interest above our own. We're not just a bunch of advisors competing with one another. What we do is we wrap the entire organization around their family, helping them navigate today and their future with a high level of comfort and
2: confidence. Folks, that's great financial advice from Scott Pyle and Pyle Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. Call them anytime at 843-945-4480 or reach them online at PyleFinancialServices.com.
6: At Williams Flooring Carpet 1 in Pauly's Island, shopping for floors just got a whole lot easier. Get samples delivered right to your door. How simple is that? Start online at WilliamsFlooringCarpet1.com and get started on updating your floors with samples delivered to your door. At Williams Flooring Carpet 1 in Pauly's Island, they offer their unique, beautiful guarantee. If you don't love your new floor, they'll replace it free. It doesn't get easier than that. Williams Flooring Carpet One has a beautiful showroom with tile, carpet, luxury vinyl plank, and lots of products in stock and ready to roll. Find out why so many homeowners all over the Grand Strand love Williams Flooring Carpet One. Bev and Rob Webster know floors, and they know how to make you smile. Shopping for floors just got a whole lot easier. Everything gets started online at WilliamsFlooringCarpetOne.com, or stop by and visit Highway 17 in Pauls Island.
0: Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. Two full hours on Talk 94.5. It
7: was painted red. The stripe was white. It was 18 feet.
5: And the bow the stern light. Second hand, a dealer in Atlanta. I rode up with daddy. When he went there to get her
8: Put on a shine Put on a motor Built out of
4: love Made for water Ran her for years Till the transom got rotten A piece of my childhood that'll never be forgotten
5: It was just an old plywood boat The 75 Johnson Electric choke A young boy Two
4: hands on the wheel I can't replace the way it made me feel And I would turn the shard out. Make it white, he'd say it,
5: can't beat the way an old wood rides Just a little late across the Alabama line But I was king of the ocean
0: When daddy let me drive
2: Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. I was king of the mountain when daddy let me drive 721 on your Saturday morning, Saturday, June 19. Thanks for joining us here on Saturday morning coffee, special Father's Day edition of Saturday morning coffee. Of course, that's one of my favorite uh, Father's Day songs. They mm-hmm. had uh, music Friday on the Liz show uh, yesterday, and that was the song that I requested. That song always reminds me of dad. And I was... Uh, Uh, Thinking about him on the way into the show this morning and thinking about that song and some of the fun times that uh, I had with him being taught how to drive a boat or drive a car Mm or drive a tractor, run a backhoe, do a lot of different uh, things that he taught me how to do a lot of, you know, thinking about growing up and being taught teaching your kids how to operate machinery that was those are the things that stand out in my uh, in my memory with my or a lot of the things that stand up uh, stand out in my memory with my dad uh, or learning how to drive a car learning how to drive a boat learning how to operate a bush hog learning ride how, a mini bike ride a yeah ride a mini bike mm-hmm. ride a moped ride a little you know little teeny motorcycle yep. that sort of thing and, shift
3: uh, gears in a little 61 vw bug
2: yeah yeah drive a stick i had my first car was a cj5 with a stick shift and i'll never forget him teaching me how to operate i'd never seen a clutch you know i had no idea what a clutch was
3: (laughs) i i will never forget my first car accident uh it was in that 61 vw my first car and i had an accident and i wasn't in the car I backed into somebody's driveway in the snow. You had an accident and you weren't in the car? I was chasing the car. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I backed into somebody's driveway in the snow. First off, shouldn't have been out in the snow in a VW, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, I got stuck. So I decided to get out and start rocking it. Little did I know it was in first gear. And that back wheel was just spinning. Yeah. Because when it came loose... It went across the street and hit a parked car. Oh, and yeah. It hit it just as I got to the door with my foot inside. Oh, yeah. Um, and as soon as I got home, I went in and talked to my sisters. Like, what? how am I going to explain this to dad? And before, and you know, they were like, just tell them the truth. Just tell them the truth. I opened the door, and my dad's, you know, outside, and he said, what would you hit? Yeah. I'm like, how can you even tell that I had an accident? Those tubular bumpers yeah. on the VW, they were really tough. How can you tell? The other, the other car was uh, much worse off than I was, but... To this day, running after a car, it it, it was like a cartoon. This is way too personal for Radio Glenn,
2: but I'm going to share this with you all. It was, uh, you know, it's funny that the things that, because I lost my dad in 2019 and Father's Day is kind of tough. My wife, thankfully, uh, still has her dad Uh, again. uh, Happy Father's Day. Not only well wishes, Dr. Bud, but happy Father's Day. And uh, so it's a blessing. Uh, We still have some fathers in the family. Of course, I lost my dad a couple of years ago, but it is funny. How many of my memories with my with my dad stand uh, in my mind at related to vehicles? And you you touched a nerve for me. We were, uh, we were actually in Ocean Lakes one day. And we were trying to get the we were my I think it was my dad and my sister and me. We were on the golf cart and we were trying to get back to our place at Ocean Lakes, but the battery in the golf cart was dying. Okay, and so what it wound up being is my dad and I were in back of the golf cart pushing, and my sister who I think was about maybe. Five at the time, maybe six. Driving was driving the golf cart, and so what she was doing is she was steering it. We were telling her how to steer, and she had the floor; she had the pedal to the floor. What little bit of juice the thing had, right? And so we're pushing the golf cart into the yard, and it's me and my dad. My dad's going, "Come on, son, push, push, push!" We're trying to get it up the hill back to the you know back to the shed where we kept the golf cart. And literally, when the shed the the the, had the barn doors on the front, the barn doors were open, and literally the shed was no more than about. 30 feet away, we were in the home stretch, and suddenly that little easy go found a whole new lease on life and just <laughs> fully powered up and took off with my sister at the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly my dad and I were just running to try to keep up with the thing. And she went, she's screaming. She ran through the shed, ran into the back wall of the shed, oh, wow. knocked down the back wall of the shed. Wow. Oh, my gosh. It was crazy.
3: It was so funny. So there's two stories that kind of remind me of the Keystone Cops. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. And
2: so that, that your story touched the nerve. Of course, the other thing that I always stand out when I remember what a patient uh, guy my dad was was when I would – have little mishaps with the vehicles and try to keep it a secret, right. you know, and uh, yeah. like, like uh, yeah. one day I was driving his van and he uh, had a van that had very low visibility in it. And of course kids can't drive anyway, but it had very low visibility. And this was in the day before you had backup cameras right. and beeps and all that. Yeah. And so I was backing the van up in a friend's yard and, and had a little tap on a tree and it, you know, crumpled right on the corner of the van and a and, uh, little crumple, not huge, but I'm like, oh, we'll spit shine that, buff that right out. And, of course, uh, a, a few days later, I got a phone call from my dad from the office to the house. Anyway, uh, you, those kind of things do get noticed yeah. in time. It's, yeah. it's always funny. Those are some of my funny memories.
3: Well, I ended up throwing a rod in that the VW by taking it too high a speed on Route 395 in northern Virginia. Yeah. Um, I, I limped it back home. And my dad, you know, I told him, he said, You were racing it. You were racing I was like, No, dad, I was just driving through the mall parking I was just lot. You know, and down. all of a sudden, they just threw this rod. So um, on the night of my um, uh, rehearsal dinner, when I was getting married, my dad asked me in front of everybody. Are you still going to stick to the story? Now, this is, you know, a long time, years later, he yeah. said, Are you still going to stick to the story you, that you were going through the mall parking lot yeah. when that rod got thrown? And this was his, his toast in front of everybody. Oh, that's fine. And, and yeah. I said, Those
2: things will always come back to home. Yeah, he said,
3: uh, years you, later. Want, you want to tell me the truth in front of all these people? And I said, I was on 395. Pushing probably 70 miles an hour in that little <laughs> VW. And he said, I knew it. Uh, that's knew good it. stuff. And he also knew that I wouldn't lie in front of all those people.
2: Yeah, so. that is good stuff. we got a lot to cover here on Saturday Morning Coffee. As I said, we've got Jim Furry, a special agent, former special agent, retired with the FBI, going to be joining us to talk about what is just an awful news item this week, folks, and Jimmy Richardson, solicitor, wonderful solicitor for our 15th Judicial Circuit, is going to be joining us a little later on the program. So stick with us. A lot to cover today here on Saturday Morning Coffee. Not moving real fast this morning, but we will get to it. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town.
7: How did I get here? What?
0: Four three seven nine eight talk Saturday morning coffee the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk ninety four point five.
2: Hi everybody, it's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here today talking with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson team. So how do you coach a buyer who's involved in an environment where there are multiple offers
4: being submitted? Because most of these deals are going multiple offers, Reese. You've got to have a buyer that absolutely has to have the property, meaning the motivation is there. Going in strong with terms and price is the way you win in this market. So Greg, how do you work to ensure that your clients don't pay too much? The law of supply and demand says when there's not much of something available and tons of demand, prices have to go up. But if the home meets their needs and they have to buy today, we're not going to let them overpay, but they need to do what it takes to win.
2: Great real estate advice from Greg Sisson. Reach Greg and the Greg Sisson team at 843-251-2693, or you can schedule your appointment online at gregsisson.com. The Greg Sisson team, your choice for real estate experts here
0: along the Grand Strand. Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk Mm
4: 94.5. Lately I've been noticing I say the same things he used to say. And I even find myself acting the very same way. Mm. I tap my fingers on the table to the rhythm in my soul And I jangle the car keys when I'm ready to go And when I look in the mirror, he's right there in my eyes Staring back at me And I realize the older I get, the more I can see How much he loved my mother and my brother and me
2: Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is... 733 on your Saturday morning, Saturday, June the 19th, 2021, special Father's Day edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, playing some special Father's Day music for you here on Saturday Morning Coffee. We were talking just before the break, a lot to cover uh, today, and I'm not doing a very good job getting to it, so I apologize, <laughs> y'all. It is uh, it is Juneteenth. Not of you, not, many of you may not know really what Juneteenth is. Not a lot of folks uh, have heard, uh, some folks have heard much about it. Not many know everything about it. I thought I would give you a little background for those of you who may not know. Juneteenth, which is officially known as the Juneteenth National Independence Day and historically known as Jubilee Day or Black Independence Day, is a federal holiday uh, in the United States now commemorating the emancipation of enslaved African-Americans. It is also observed for celebrating African-American culture originated in Galveston, Texas. It has cele- it has been celebrated annually in on June 19 in Galveston and in various other parts of the United States since 1866. I did not realize this. My friends in Texas, well acquainted with uh, Juneteenth. I remember when I first heard about it some years ago, I did sort of scratch my head, didn't really know exactly what it was all about, but that is the holiday. It was uh, signed into law as a federal Holiday On June the 17th, 2021, when President Joe Biden signed the Juneteenth National Independence Day Act into law, Uh, Juneteenth's commemoration is the anniversary of the June 19, 1865 announcement of General Order No. 3 by Union Army General Gordon Granger proclaiming freedom for enslaved people in Texas. President Abraham Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation of 1862 had officially outlawed slavery in Texas and other states that had rebelled against the Union almost two and a half years earlier, but it was largely uh, a a words, a form over substance. It was a proclamation. Um, It obviously had no effect in, in states that were actively engaged in rebellion against the Union. Uh, Enforcement of the proclamation, the Emancipation Proclamation, generally relied upon the advance of Union troops. Uh, Texas, as the most remote of the slave states, had seen an expansion of slavery during the war and a low presence of uh, Union troops as the American Civil War ended. Thus, enforcement there had been slow and inconsistent, uh, prior to Granger's announcement on June 19, eighteen sixty-five, so that is what we commemorate here on Juneteenth. Also, interestingly enough, there was an announcement which I found from our friends over at the Heritage uh, uh, Institute, the Heritage Organization, uh, Heritage Foundation, rather. Excuse me, and it's an announcement by um, it's a, a brief word from Kay James, who is the president of. Heritage Foundation. She's speaking about Juneteenth. And I did not know this until I was investigating the Juneteenth holiday. But the uh, president of Heritage Foundation, which is a conservative think tank, an excellent, a leading conservative think tank in Washington that we follow, that I follow, uh, we follow here on the show. We have their uh, subject matter experts on the show from time to time. Uh, I did not realize that the president of Heritage is an African-American female who's got a very interesting story. You would imagine it's going to be somebody accomplished, but uh, I did not realize this. But this is Kay James commenting on the Juneteenth holiday. Let's hear briefly from her.
1: I think that Juneteenth is a perfect answer to those who uh, are promoting critical race theory. <laughs> because Juneteenth says, no, we do not need to destroy the very structures of this nation, the things that made us great. That while there were issues or problems in our history, look at how we overcame and are overcoming them. I think one of the biggest battles we have right now is separating out uh, those individuals who simply want to say, if you're against critical race theory, you then therefore, by default, are a racist. (laughs) We have to diffuse that. June 19, 1866 was the actual date in Texas when uh, the order of the Emancipation uh, Emancipation Proclamation was actually carried out. Uh, It's a holiday that uh, is new for many. And as a result of that, I think some people uh, are confused and think that it's a holiday... uh, created by the liberal woke left uh, and many take the opportunity to use it as an opportunity to bash America and, and uh, to express some of their hatred for our beloved country. But
2: at the end, but that's uh, that's Mm. Kay James uh, president of the uh, heritage foundation. And again, uh, thought she made a very interesting point in that speech. She continues on for, uh, uh, several minutes, but we don't need to listen to the whole thing. Excellent point that Juneteenth is not really an opportunity to bash America, and it should not be treated as another opportunity to engage in this anti-American critical race narrative that has become so prevalent and is so dangerous. Uh, folks, it's incredibly dangerous what's happening in this country. Um, and, and she speaks to that. Juneteenth is an opportunity to celebrate how far we've come. You know, Glenn, as we've said many times on this program, when we established this country, and I say we, we weren't there, but when right. the founding fathers, and let's be clear, they were founders and they were generally men. They mm. were founding fathers, so let's just call them what they were. Right. They were found, When the founding fathers established this country, it was far from a perfect land. Sure. But nowhere, but we established a country born with the idea that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Nowhere else on earth had anybody even remotely thought of ever founding a democratic... Well, I know some of you history buffs may critique me here. There might have been maybe a a moment in Greece or a moment in, in Rome when, yeah, things looked promising. But nonetheless, in modern history, in the modern era at that time, nobody had even remotely contemplated something as ambitious. And nowhere on earth, nowhere in history, have the peoples of this country, of this nation, nowhere in history have peoples ever been lifted up in the degree to which people have been lifted up materially um, in every way, materially, spiritually, in all ways. Uh, as they have been in this country. This country, folks, is nothing to be ashamed of. Absolutely not. And Juneteenth not. is not an opportunity for you to be ashamed of our slaveholding past or whatever right. people want to convince you you should be ashamed of. We should be proud that we are a country that has aspired to greatness. And no, did we achieve greatness right out of the gate? Uh, no, we didn't. We know, biblically speaking all men all women everybody is a sinner and this nation is a nation of sinners and so are we a perfect nation no we're not a perfect nation but we were established with some very high minded goals and ideals as the foundational bedrock for what we stood for yeah. and it took us a long time to begin to realize those ideals in some very fundamental respects i look at the i look at the American Civil War is sort of a continuum of the revolution. It was a continuum of the birth of freedom for a whole new group of Americans who had not theretofore experienced true freedom, true dignity. And we paid a great price to bring that freedom to everybody, folks. There were hundreds of thousands of people who died, who paid the ultimate price so that we could get there. 1860s. The the, the lead-up and the Civil War was obviously not an easy time, but we have achieved so much. So I look back on Juneteenth, and I think, wow, it's an indication of how far we've come and, and how much we've accomplished. Right. Look from look from where we have come. And uh, interesting thing about Kay James, who's the president of the Heritage Foundation. Um, again, I did not realize this until I was uh, researching the Juneteenth holiday and, uh, but Kay James has been the president since 2018. She served a, as a trustee on the board for Heritage since 2005, and uh, she has got an interesting past. She was born in Portsmouth, Virginia, raised in her early years in Richmond's housing projects to a single mother in the segregated South. Uh, Kay James was one of the first children to take part in an historic experiment to desegregate Virginia's all-white schools. She would go on to achieve the American dream, graduating from historically black Hampton University, serving four U.S. presidents, dining with princes, prime ministers and other world leaders and helping America chart a path for recovery from the devastation of COVID-19 as chairman of the Coronavirus Recovery Commission. Before becoming president of Heritage, Miss James was a lifelong grassroots activist who unapologetically fought for conservative American values at the local, state, and national level. A devout Christian, her experience growing up in poverty with a mother on welfare and an alcoholic father played a profound role in fundamentally shaping her views of the importance of family and religion, the value of education, the need for welfare reform, and the repeated failure of well-intentioned government programs, especially in government. In america's urban communities as she has often said i didn't become a conservative despite my roots i became a conservative because of them so there you have it Kay james interesting individual african-american woman growing up in poverty now the president of the heritage foundation leading national conservative think tank so and i encourage you guys to follow heritage you can find them online if you google heritage foundation they're the first link to come up and uh, I encourage you to support them. I've supported Heritage for many years, and I encourage you to follow uh, their Twitter feed and keep up with them and support their efforts. It's a very important organization. Folks, a lot to cover here on the show. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. I the
0: girls, now, my wife, about
1: three. We had the perfect marriage, but we wanted something more. Now here I stand surrounded by our family and friends. Crowded round the nursery window as they bring the baby in. And now, all of a sudden, oh, it seems.
0: Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. And more coming up next on Talk 94.5.
2: Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. And we're here today talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Scott, we've talked many times about how life is so uncertain these days. We're coming out of a pandemic. There's a transition in the administration. So much uncertainty in the world. How does Pyle Financial Services assist its clients in coping with such uncertain times?
5: Well, Reese, we have developed and refined a proprietary process that we call the Wealth Audit. It helps families prepare for what we believe can be some of the the most significant legislative and investor related changes
2: coming next year this is the year to plan folks i encourage you to reach out that's great financial advice from scott pile it's pile financial services reach them anytime at 843-945-4480 or find them online at pilefinancialservices.com it's pile financial services aligning wealth with purpose
1: Hi, this is Shayla with Palmetto Goodwill. Every Thursday morning right after 9 on the Liz Callaway Show, Goodwill presents the Get a Job segment. For people who are looking for jobs, we offer assistance with resume preparation, mock interviews, and job search resources. To get started, visit palmettogoodwill.org for more information on our center locations in North Myrtle Beach, Carolina Forest, and Georgetown. Get a Job Thursday mornings brought to you by Palmetto Goodwill on Talk 94.5.
2: Hi, everybody. It's attorney Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour here on WTKN. I'm also a practicing attorney with the firm of Davis and Boyd Attorneys at Law here in Myrtle Beach. These are certainly trying and uncertain times for individuals, families, and businesses here along the Grand Strand. Please know that our team of professionals at Davis and Boyd stands ready to assist you with all of your personal and business legal needs. So if we can assist you in any way, give us a call at 839-9800. That's Davis and Boyd Attorneys at Law.
0: You're listening to the Grease Boyd Radio Hour, Saturday morning coffee on Talk 94.5. Driving through town, just my boy and me, with a
5: happy meal in his booster seat. Knowing that he couldn't have
3: the toy till his nuggets were gone.
2: Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee. You can't have your toy till your nuggets are gone. 7.49 on your Saturday morning. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee. We do invite you guys to join the show. It is uh, 843-903-2945 on the call-in line. And if you want to text your comments to us, you can join us here on the show at uh, on the pcrxcomputers.com. Text line 843-798-8255 is that uh text in number got a quite a few of you checking in this morning tim the car detail guy uh checking in good morning tim andy thompson checking in always with us andy good to hear from you cadillac gary checking in good morning uh cadillac gary ryan Brunell checking in larry biddle checking in uh walt the sheet metal worker checking in looks like you guys talking about first light um you know speaking of uh the show that was um, on, that's on, I believe we were running Guy Benson this mm-hmm. morning. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, following up on Juneteenth, and I want to just uh, riff on the June 19th bit a little bit. Cause there's a little more I wanted to say. One of the things I've noticed, and I'm just really, I find myself just fatigued. Y'all, I'm so fatigued. I mean, this discussion of critical race theory, and we just talked about how June 19th is really a positive thing. Um, but you know, it it was interesting to me and I'm just going to say a few things and I may offend some people and I'm sorry, but I just want to, a few things I just have to share with you that, that strike me as odd. Um, you know, my phone, I I noticed this, my phone, my iPhone, thanks to Apple's automating everything alerts me to pride month, right? Alerts me to pride month. Yeah. Mm. It gave me plenty of notice like, you know, a week in advance to get ready for pride month. It Mm. also noted me, noted for me that Juneteenth was approaching yesterday. I think I got that pop up. But it does not alert me that Easter is coming, and if I look at the calendar, if in the standard calendar that comes from Apple, I don't even think Easter is included. Hmm. So I just, you know, I'm like, again,
3: I'm just. They maybe overlooked it, but... Maybe they overlooked yeah, it. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they overlooked it. Is the 4th of July in there? Well, yeah, the 4th of July is in there. Because okay. Okay. that is... Not, it. I thought that was longer. Independence Day for everybody. I thought we already had an Independence Day. Well, we do Day. have an Independence yeah. Day. It's called July 4th.
2: And it's for everybody. It is. Yeah. It, but I'm 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 fatigued, Glenn, from all this uh, division, and, and certainly what we've heard so much about lately is a Critical Race Theory. The president, uh, I say the president, President Trump, my president, came out with an interesting uh, op-ed piece just yesterday on, I believe it was yesterday, maybe the day before, on Critical Race Theory. But there is so much, but just this morning, driving in, listening to Guy Benson, who I often listen to Guy Benson while I'm doing show prep mm-hmm. for this show. I usually get up really early on Saturday mornings. By, by the way, Glenn, when they started the show... And they came to me and they said, would you like to do a show? I said, I really have a couple of requirements. I want it to be live. I don't want it to be taped in advance. I want it to be live radio. And I want to do it early on Saturday morning um, so I can have the show, get it done, and then have Saturday with my family. Right. And so there's – but then there's Saturday mornings like this morning when I think, what planet – on what planet did we decide that this was a good idea? (laughs) I mean, really. But I was up early this morning prepping the show. Um, listening to Guy Benson and Guy was talking about music that they were using during Pride Month. Okay. And, and of course, Guy Benson, not that it matters. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm not I, I don't hold this against people. Guy is playing for the other team and that's fine. He's, OK, he's homosexual. OK, but it just there are so many things and his his story. The segment that I was listening to was about the music that they were using as their bumper music during Pride Month and our Pride Week, and, and uh, that they had celebrated on the show. And, you know, I was, I was thinking about it. Lynn, there is just so much in society today that starts to pull at the seams of our culture, of our society. And, you know, politics, y'all, is downstream from culture. I, I, I believe that. I believe that people say, well, why do you talk about religion? Because politics is downstream from culture, and culture is downstream from religion. And ultimately, what we reap uh, in our minds, in our hearts, in our churches, we are going to sow on the streets, and that will happen. It may take it may take a while. It may take two generations, but it will happen. Right. And so I was thinking about, the, and I, again, I, I'm not holding Pride Month. I have quite a few, uh, obviously, friends who are playing for the other team, and that's great. I'm, I, I love those folks. Right. And I'm not. I, but it just there is so much going on in society today that pulls us into these little clumps and into these little subgroups. And I keep thinking to myself, I've been thinking this month, what is it that has created this desire for all this division? And, I, and I'm, 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 I'm going to tell you one thing. Democrats have been campaigning on identity politics yeah. now for decades. Yeah. And, but we have, but I was thinking this, interestingly enough, um, when I was a kid, you remember Schoolhouse Rock? Oh, absolutely. One of the things was Conjunction, junction. Yeah, conjunction, junction. junction what's your function? One of the, one of the segments of uh, one of the episodes of Schoolhouse Rock was uh, something called the American Melting Pot. The great, not just the melting pot, but the great American Melting Pot. Listen to a little bit of this.
6: My grandmother came from Russia.
1: A satchel on her knee My grandfather had his father's cap He brought from Italy They'd heard about a country Where life might let them win
4: They paid the fare to America And there they
2: melted in They melted in? Imagine that And, of course, it goes, it goes on and on, and it talks about all the different uh, ethnic groups and the varieties of folks that came to our shores. But that's the stuff that we were filling our kids with, folks,
3: yeah. when we were kids. That was good stuff. Now now the tune is America's smoking pot. Yeah. You know, not, the it, pot. not the melting yeah. pot. It's not the yeah. melting pot. It's
2: America's smoking pot. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, don't you
3: people, and I'm not talking
2: to you who are actually listening to me. Y'all, y'all get this already. I'm, I'm sort of preaching to the choir. I get it. But don't these people understand that if you teach children to be divided, if you teach them to self-segregate, if you teach them that they are different and that they are in opposition to other groups. And that's what critical race theory is, folks, that you are paving and you're not just paving the way for the future. You are sowing the seeds of destruction. Yeah. As the president said, uh, that's um, that's a. Uh, Nation, it's a recipe for national suicide, and we've got to get uh, we've got to get beyond this, folks, because it will be the end
3: of us. As a matter of yeah. fact, um, we've got a president that's dividing us every the day. The president that promised to bring us together to be different, he's it's, dividing us worse than President Trump. I mean, I think President Trump brought a lot of people together. Um, I'm very disappointed in this administration. No, they were, going to be, they were going to be
2: unity. You hear a lot of people espouse unity, but what unity means for some people is let's get unified under my thumb. I yeah. want you to be unified in doing exactly what I tell you to do, and that's my definition of unity. Folks, that's not unity. Unity means freedom and self-respect, uh, but also respect for the rights of others to have opinions that are different from yours. Uh, President Trump weighed in on the national debate this, according to the Epoch Times, this uh, uh, from yesterday's Epoch Times edition, weighed in on the teaching of critical race theory in schools, urging lawmakers and parents across the nation to act against what he called toxic anti-American indoctrination in classrooms across the nation. Students are being subjected to a new curriculum designed to brainwash them. With the ridiculous left-wing dogma known as critical race theory, Trump wrote in an op-ed published Friday on Real Clear Politics. The key fact about this twisted doctrine is that it is completely antithetical to everything that normal Americans of any color would wish to teach their children. Uh Amen. Uh We cannot teach our children. This is simply Marxist theory. Rebadged as race complaining, it's race identity politics uh, layered over good old fashioned Marxism, mm-hmm. uh, which has failed, by the way, everywhere it's been tried, folks. And and I at first when I started hearing about this, I thought, well, this critical race theory is not really a big deal around here because in South Carolina we're smarter than that, folks. But I had a conversation with uh, with a local. Leader of a of a um, a nonprofit, and he said, "Look, it's really impacting our kids. So we got to do something about this." So we'd like to get to. We'll get to more of it after these words from our sponsors. We'll be right back with more Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. Hi everybody, it's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here today talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Scott, you and I have talked many times that there are lots of financial advisors in Myrtle Beach, but why would folks be well served to contact Pyle Financial Services if they need assistance with their financial plan?
5: Reese, it really begins when they walk through the door. As fiduciaries, we put their interest above our own. We're not just a bunch of advisors competing with one another. What we do is we wrap the entire organization around their family, helping them navigate today and their future with a high level of comfort and confidence.
2: Folks, that's great financial advice from Scott Pyle and Pyle Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. Call them anytime at 843-945-4480 or reach them online at PyleFinancialServices.com.
0: Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, on Talk
9: 94.5. He wore starched white shirts, but nothing neck. And he'd sit in shade and watch the chickens peck. And his teeth were gone, but what the heck? I thought that he walked Home water Said he was a cowboy When he was young He could handle a rope And he was good with a gun And my mama's daddy was his oldest You know this song I know this And I thought
3: That he walked
2: On water yeah, buddy. Little Randy Travis. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee. That is good stuff. That's the excellent musical taste of producer extraordinaire Dr. Glenn Dye. Folks, little Randy Travis on the special Father's Day edition of Saturday
3: Morning Coffee. I had no idea you knew that. I had no... I thought I was really pulling one you out You thought of the, you were going... You thought you were going the, deep I, into the field, That I was field, reaching to the back, of the back of the rack. Yeah, that, yeah, was, the,
2: uh, that was good stuff. Yeah. I appreciate that. That's a good memory. I can... Uh, that was my dad actually loved Randy Travis. Right. And he had several Randy Travis albums. Mm-hmm. And so I remember growing up listening to that on the. Uh, that was back in the day when, you know, having a decent audio set up in the house was a big deal. Yeah. And my dad yeah. would get in there and, and put the LPs on. And when the country was in much better shape. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about it, Glenn, uh, during the break. Uh, all of this division, folks, is not helping. Uh, we're not making progress on race relations, and we got to get it under control. And one of the things I did not share with you, Glenn, I'm gonna, I'll am going throw this out to our listeners. We need some input here. Um, you know, I'm feeling, again, I'm a little sad about all this division, Glenn, but I'm wondering, I was, as I was listening to, to Guy Benson as he was celebrating uh, Pride Month, Pride mm-hmm. Week, this morning, coming in, talking about the music, and it was all the standard stuff that you would expect—the village people, um, you know, macho macho man, okay. YMCA, uh, I'm too you know. sexy
3: for my shirt, yeah, yeah—all the stuff
2: that you would me. expect was was it was good stuff, and I like the music. I mean, Elton John, yeah, it's uh, sure, and uh, but it's funny to me how far we've come and how seemingly innocuous much of this was at the outset, but how we've created a a, a truly stratified society we have we have deep division in our society that we did not have thirty even twenty years ago right. in my opinion and it, and i 'm old enough to remember you know twenty thirty years ago and it it seemed like to me and i 'm just giving you one man 's take on it, it as a cultural observer. it seemed to me that race relations were better, just as one example uh, we 're divided on many lines where there are people that want to divide us on along gender lines, there right. are people that want to divide us along sexual orientation lines yep. yep. Uh, gender preference toward on on traditional values versus this postmodern notion that you know it takes a government to raise your child in a village and and, and not a man and a, and a woman who are mom and dad that, that these are all the things that divide us. But it seems to me that we are much more divided. One thing I thought that was kind of funny, and we need some help from our listeners on this. What if we had? It, how would it be? How would it have been received if Guy Benson was saying, I, "I need some music. I need you guys to suggest some music so that we can celebrate." uh white heterosexual history month i mean i mean just i mean i'm just hypothetically you know and and mm-hmm. so it it strikes me as a situation where you know it's a very lopsided world that we live in you know it's it's frankly critical race theory answers the allegation that we have a continuing struggle with racism and there's no doubt that racism exists it
3: does exist but not it's like I said. It's a two-way street. Yeah, there is racism on both sides of this issue. This Absolutely. is not a white supremacist. This is not a white thing. It is. It, it goes both ways. And I grew up with a a black step grandfather. Then yeah. that's all I knew. Yeah. And, and I grew up near Washington D.C. That's where they lived. I lived in Northern Virginia. My whole life, I never saw racism like it is being described today. Yeah. It is all the narrative and. I, I heard somebody say, uh, Barack Obama did us no favors.
2: I do not disagree. I did not vote for Barack Obama. But I found some promise of hope in the fact that I thought, well, we finally made it. We've arrived. We, we have. And yeah. Barack Obama is going to be the first post-racial president. And you heard this just this week, he said, I never promised to be the first post-racial president. Never th- I didn't even expect that. Didn't expect to be the first post-racial president. I'm like, well, what did you expect to be? Did you expect to be... A, a
3: racial divider as the as the executive-in-chief? Was that your expectation? The police uh, departments were in much better shape before Barack Obama took office. There was and, a lot more respect for law enforcement before Barack Obama took office. Yeah, and a lot of his rhetoric was not helpful. Personal opinion. Yeah. Of course, FBI and, agent sitting next to you.
2: Yeah, and so, yeah, we're now joined in the studio. Uh, I'm going to be getting to that in just a minute. We've got a special guest on board uh, going to be joining us in just a minute. But I just want to say this, Glenn, I had this thought. Tell me, tell me what you think about this. If we had a segment on the show, um, heterosexual, white males of distinction. Huh. <laughs> so <laughs> y'all, if you all want to nominate, let me know if you think we need a segment on the show, heterosexual, white males yeah. of distinction. And again, I'm not being exclusive. You can get an honorable mention. You don't actually have to be heterosexual. But I do think one of the things that's completely lost in the current uh, debate, you know, we have to figure out who we can nominate for that but uh if if it weren 't for and i 'm just going to say this if I can say this i 'm not even sure I can, but if it weren 't for heterosexual white males, the world would be a much worse place we wouldn't yeah. have made it this far, yeah, and uh, a lot of those founding fathers i mean they had their quirks, they were all all stripes, but there were uh a lot of contributions that have been made um by just good old fashioned traditional. Heterosexual white males. Yeah. So that's just that's all I'm saying. I'm just saying. I'm asking for a friend. I'm asking for a friend. And of course, I would not nominate myself because that would be a conflict of interest. So I'd like to fancy myself a heterosexual white man of distinction, but uh, that would be a conflict of interest for me to nominate myself. So if you've got uh, any nominations for the new segment for the show, uh, feel free to chime in. Yeah, my feeling
3: is if you're whatever you want to do in your personal life and it makes you happy, absolutely. You only have one chance at this life. You're not going to die and come back as something else. Um, Do what you want to do as as long as it's not hurting or impacting somebody else's life. Don't let your beliefs try to push my beliefs out of the circle. Yeah.
2: But we have to move to a place, and we have to do it quickly. And we are – and you have – many democrats including this president sowing the seeds of division in this yeah. country we have to begin to move toward a place where we pull together and in the same direction and where we begin to reassert that we are in fact a melting pot or, right. or we're in a world of trouble so folks i do want to change gears to uh another subject heard this week one of the most troubling interviews that i have heard in a long time and we're going to be uh talking about of course um the FBI and the recent allegation. Have you
3: listened to Tucker a lot this week? Oh, yeah. I mean, Tucker's like the only person you can listen he's to right of, now. He's one of the few folks. And, oh, my gosh. Are they trying to bury him? Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, the
2: grapefruits on that guy, uh, you wonder. <laughs> I mean, I sometimes wonder how he can walk without tripping over yeah. himself. Yeah. Uh, but his um, his show, he has been taking on the FBI uh, this week. And there were some startling revelations about January the 6th that we'll, we'll be discussing. I'm, I'm joined here in the studio uh, by one of my good friends, Jim Furry, who is a former FBI agent. Before we get to Jim, I want to play this clip for you for Jim. And I was astonished to hear uh, this segment that was with um, um, the folks from, what were they from? Uh, I don't, Revolver News, from Revolver News. And I think. And we're talking about January 6th. Mm -hmm. And I think when most of us saw January 6th happen, most of us were shocked. Most -hmm. of of us were in disbelief and could not believe that this was happening. And I think it struck many of us as surreal. Mm -hmm. I could not imagine that this was happening in the United States of America. There have been many things that have happened since that have caused us to pause and ponder What exactly it was, of course, there were many allegations about it's It's Antifa, it's false flag, it's all these things that we were, you know, you know, that people were claiming. It's still not clear what exactly happened on January 16th. One of the things that I've seen recently is I've wondered for many months now why there wasn't a better security presence. Why request for additional security was turned down. Mm-hmm. We know that there was communications within the House leadership about beefing up security. Mm-hmm. That was not done. When folks arrived, when the protesters initially arrived at the Capitol, they were greeted by, it looked like um, a bunch, of five or six officers that were out for a picnic on Saturday. It was unbelievable what limited presence that the first wave of protesters were greeted by. Now, I've recently seen video where you've got uh, – These officers, Capitol Police officers, opening up the Capitol, pulling back barricades, letting people through. You've even got one video that surfaced that's out there that is a Trump supporter, a guy he's wearing a red hat, red hat, uh, red hats for Trump hat, make America great again. He's approaching an officer. He is screaming at the officer. He's going, what are you guys doing? These people are tearing the place down. What are you guys doing? And all of these things that have happened that we've all thought to ourselves, "What on earth, what happened on january sixth and And the other thing that's that has come to light, among other things, is that there are fourteen thousand hours mm-hmm. of videotape or video that yep. has been gathered as a result of all of these investigations that the FBI has undertaken into the elements that participated in this quote-unquote insurrection. The left wants you to believe that this was an insurrection and that we were so close to losing the country on January 6th. It was a show, folks. I'm I'm, I'm just completely unimpressed by the narrative that says this was a legitimate insurrection. So if, in fact, it was an insurrection led by Trump supporters to attempt an overthrow at least of the legislative branch of government, what is in that video, Glenn, that we can't see? Why should the government need to maintain secrecy over 14,000 hours
3: of video footage? Why should not that video footage not immediately be published? And the tour that was done the day before, a couple days before, when the Capitol was shut down, there was a guided tour through the Capitol. I question that. Who was in that exactly? What were, what were they doing? What were they being shown? What were they talking about? Those are the things I wonder.
2: So when we get back, we're going to be talking about this really excellent piece that appeared in Revolver News and, be, and play a quick interview that uh, Tucker did on his show about this this week. All that to come when we're back with uh, Jim Furry and more Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town.
0: Saturday morning coffee. Call the show at 843-903-2945. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour returns after these on Talk 94.5.
2: Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. And we're here today talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Scott, we've talked many times about how life is so uncertain these days. We're coming out of a pandemic. There's a transition in the administration. So much uncertainty in the world. How does Pyle Financial Services assist its clients in coping with such uncertain times?
5: Well, Reese, we have developed and refined a proprietary process that we call the Wealth Audit. It helps families prepare for what we believe can be some of the most significant legislative and investor related changes coming next year this is the year to plan
2: folks i encourage you to reach out that's great financial advice from scott pyle it's pile financial services reach them anytime at 843-945-4480 or find them online at pilefinancialservices.com it's pile financial services aligning wealth with purpose
0: Hear that? That's the sound of all natural hormone for Yangus beef being transformed into the best burger in Myrtle Beach at Burger Fi.
6: BurgerFi uses the top 1% of beef in the United States that is never, ever frozen, exposed to steroids, antibiotics, growth hormones, or additives, ever. That's why only 1% of U.S. beef meets this standard.
0: Download our app at BurgerFi.com for special deals. On Sabre Parkway in the Target Shopping Center, BurgerFi, the best burger in Myrtle Beach. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour, two full hours on Talk 94.5. up, even up all night, lying there in bed listening to his newborn baby cry. He makes a pot of coffee and splashes water on his face. His wife gives him a kiss and says it's gonna be okay. Good morning,
3: everybody.
2: Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 823 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for sticking with us here on the show, a special Father's Day edition of Saturday Morning Coffee. Just before the break, we were talking about January 6 and recent developments that have come to light this week that uh, Tucker Carlson was talking about on his show. And it's just it's it's one of those things that just has never made sense to me, folks. And then I heard this interview this week on uh, Tucker Carlson, and I, it's one of the most astonishing interviews that I have uh, that I've heard ever. I want to play this for y'all. It's a it's a it's a about three minutes long, but I just listen to this interview. This is with the guys at Revolver News that broke this story about the the alleged FBI involvement in the planning of January 6th. So listen to this.
5: I have to say remarkable piece that you That's just play last night, read it in bed at
9: midnight, that the FBI was organizing the riots of January 6th. Well, yes, it certainly suggests that possibility. And I'm hearing from people that this is the most important and the darkest investigative piece they've seen in years. But the American people deserve the truth about 1-6, not just for the sake of Ashley Babbitt, not just for the sake of the hundreds of people held in prison unjustly as a violation of human rights but for the sake of the 70 plus million people who are Trump supporters or just against the corrupt ruling class who have effectively been labeled de facto domestic extremists by our own government and I believe the key that unlocks the truth to 1-6 is the following question to what extent were the main militia groups imputed to the 1-6 so-called capital siege, to what extent was there infiltration of those groups by undercover agents or informants, and to what extent, when we see the unindicted co-conspirators who occupy senior positions in those groups, to what extent are those people being spared prosecution on account of a prior relationship with the federal government? Those two questions create a thread. And when we pull that thread, the ugly truth of that event and perhaps even the country we live in will be exposed. I got I to ask, because it, it may
5: answer one of the great mysteries, is this, I think there are 14,000 hours of unreleased
9: video footage from that day the administration is hiding from us. Do you think this is why? I think that's certainly a possibility. Um, it's, it's extremely suspicious. Even going back to this so-called pipe bomber video, remember the pipe bomber, the Capitol pipe bomber? The FBI has been extremely suspicious in withholding evidence, video evidence, that could help identify this bomber, which presumably they want to do. But if you may, I'd like to make a general point. And it really, after seeing all this, you have to ask yourself, does the national security apparatus do anything but conspire against the American people? I'm led to conclude that we cannot have a democracy. Everything in our politics will be fake and performative until we bring the national security state, including the FBI, to heal. It's not a left issue. It's not a right issue. That's Every right. politician who cares about our country should demand a church committee 2.0. Immediately. And people of good faith on the
5: left should join it uh, immediately. Darren B, I appreciate you're
2: coming on saying the work you do at Revolver.News. Thank you. So, folks, that's uh, Tucker Carlson's interview with Darren Beatty of Revolver News. And, you know, every once in a while you hear a clip that really crystallizes just a huge issue. I think that's three minutes of the most important television that any of us have heard maybe in years. I don't know. we joined here in the studio this morning by my good friend Jim Furry. Jim is a retired FBI special agent in charge or what exactly? Supervisory. Supervisory. I knew there was a trick. Supervisory. You were more than just a special agent. You are a supervisory special agent. How many years with the FBI? 31 and a half. Yep. Well, thank you for your service. And I've known you for several years now involved in Republican Party politics, a, a loyal a conservative and a, and a believer in the rule of law and, and so many things that I've come to respect about you, Jim. And I wanted to get your take on that. I find that extremely troubling. And of course, what Revolver has reported there is a lengthy piece at Revolver, folks, which I will post to the uh, Saturday Morning Coffee page on Facebook. You guys can link it there. I'll try to get that up today. And one of the things they have noticed in these, there are now many prosecutions. They have, pers- if you, and this is another story, not the purpose of this segment, but they are now data mining. They're searching cell phone records. They've gone through video. They've, they've scoured social media for photographs of people, not just people who infiltrated the Capitol, but people who were in D.C. at a lawful assembly, a constitutionally protected assembly. Jim, they've, they've tracked these people down. They are being prosecuted unmercifully. Many of them, a great number of them, have been held, in my opinion, unconstitutionally on what amounts to nothing more than simple trespass they've been they've been held now for months without a trial they're still being held many of them in solitary confinement i mean it's really this is a this is a dark mark on the history of this country what has been done to these people but the interesting point what i want to talk to you about that's come out in this revolver piece is now that they are discovering and reviewing now that the government has had to show their hand thank goodness folks for the rule of law And the open proceeding that criminal justice requires, now that the government has had to show its hand in charging documents, what we are finding is that there are dozens of what we refer to as unindicted Mm co-conspirators. You know what those people are. Those are people who participate in the chain of conspiracy, but for whatever reason, in the government's prosecutorial discretion are not indicted usually what that means is they're not indicted because they were helping either because they turned on their fellow criminal conspirators or they were an active government involvement or an active government informant who was involved by the government in the proceeding sure and of course nobody is going to suggest i'm not going to suggest to you that informants don't have a legitimate place in the criminal justice process they do you're going to be able to speak to that i'm sure but this is very troubling, Jim. This is extremely troubling. What do you think?
8: Well, I got. I was listening to your whole thing, uh, what you're talking about, there, Reese. But um, uh, as far as hiding uh, the documents, uh, for every there's an informant file for every every agent. So uh, if I was operating five informants, every time I would meet with that um, with that one of the informants, I'd have to document. Uh, what was said, mm-hmm. and uh, and it was all documented. So, eventually, um, under uh, FOIPA, uh, it may be scrubbed, but uh, people should, you know, um, any kind of group could could apply under FOIPA and and get uh, the scrubbed documents of the of the uh, debriefings that the agent had with the informants. Uh, so, so there is a Again, I don't know how long they'll protect that under the under the guise of uh, national security, but eventually, uh, under FOIPA, they should be able to uh, get all of the uh, the uh, files of all of the informants and all of the agents that that reported that information uh, through FOIPA. And when you
2: say FOIPA, federal. Freedom of Information Inform- Act, Inform-
8: freedom Freedom of Information Act, right? Oh, Correct. Okay. okay.
2: All right. Yeah. Well, and and so, but here's my question, Jim. Regardless of whether the, the whether the the issue is not the secrecy of it all, it, it is being secret. And as I said earlier in the segment, there's something around fourteen thousand hours of video footage right. that's being withheld by the government. Now, of course, I don't think I don't think under Brady, there's a Brady standard, what's called Brady disclosure in criminal proceedings. I don't think any of that information can be withheld from criminal defendants. Um, We'll talk a little bit maybe uh, also with Jimmy Richardson about that. Jimmy's coming up uh, in the program as well. Sure. Uh, But so it seems to me they would be obliged. But why should the government keep that video footage a secret? Well, you know, I don't know how –
8: I'm not behind the curtain, so I don't know, but – if it's an ongoing investigation, they're not going to disclose anything from anything that's uh current or or it's ongoing that's that's one reason a legitimate reason why they went uh when when it gets again um the FBI investigates the Department of justice prosecutes so you have yeah. assistant u s attorneys who who could release that or it's their decision so mm-hmm. if, if they if they review that any of those tapes and they say, this is something that we may w- want to use in trial down the line. They're going to hang on to that until the until the uh, the case actually goes to trial. Then the exculpatory or any Brady information that they have to turn over to defense
2: counsel, they'll turn over. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's two issues, really. But the, the heart of this, Jim, is, is not so much the disclosure of this. The heart of it is really, did the FBI participate? It's And you know this, the proper role for an informant is passive. I think of it like sonar. You know, it's like passive sonar in a submarine. You're listening to what's happening around you. And if you're in an active sonar mode, if I mean, if you're sitting in a meeting, if you're going to, let's just take an example, if you're at the local Oath Keepers chapter meeting and you're an informant Mm -hmm. working for the FBI and you've been planted in the Oath Keepers by the FBI and they're having a discussion about who's going to make the barbecue at the Monday night football party next week, and you chime in and say, hey, why don't we go bomb the Capitol? And those folks go bomb the Capitol. You have instigated a crime, and you should be prosecuted, and I don't care who you're working for.
8: Right, right. You agree with me? Because, yeah, um, when you have a suitability inquiry on, on an informant that you're going to open up, Number one, they're vetted uh, to find out all the baggage that the person has, and then they're tested on the credibility of the information. Then immediately, they're given what's called Attorney General guidelines, and one of those guidelines that you have to admonish them on is you shall not initiate an investigation. So, or you know, you should not within the group that you're in, you should not initiate uh, any any acts of any criminal acts. Yeah. Here.
2: So <laughs> well, and, and if it, if it comes down to, it is determined. And I think we will eventually learn that the FBI instigated or participated in the planning of this event, that there should be criminal prosecutions.
8: Oh, absolutely. There right. should
2: be criminal prosecutions. folks. I want to thank Jim Furry, my special guest today. Good friend, Jim, thanks for all you've done sure. and continue to do and come back on the show. Anytime. Good. I got there's lots more to talk about. Lots more to talk about, <laughs> folks. It's uh, Saturday morning coffee after these words from our sponsors. We'll be right back with more. Don't leave town. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Jim Furry. Stick with us.
0: Local news and more. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese means more coffee. Coming up next on Talk 94.5.
2: Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here today talking with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson team.
0: So, Greg, we all know the
2: real
4: estate market is super hot right now. Can you give folks a quick snapshot of what's going on? It's never been a more hot seller's market in my career. I mean, just think, one year ago, we had nearly 4,000 homes for sale. Today, we have less than 1,100 on the market, and 40% more homes are selling each month. So, complete opposite of what we had a year ago.
2: You've been in this market for over 24 years, Locally, how does that experience translate to benefit your clients?
4: You're right, Reese. Doing this for 24 years, we've learned a few things, and we specialize in better communication, giving our clients more peace of mind, and just handling all the details, streamlining the process.
2: Reach Greg and the Greg Sisson team at 843 251 2693, or you can schedule your appointment online at gregsisson.com. The Greg Sisson team. Your choice for real estate experts here
3: along the Grand Strand. Give them a call today. So, you're thinking about selling your home or you've got plans to do some home improvements. Let's get your home inspected by the pros. Pro Home Inspection Services. Here's just some of the things Emerson Treffer will inspect moisture, air quality, infrared HVAC vents, electrical panels and outlets, air leakage of doors and windows water pressure, gas leaks, even roof inspections. Emerson Treffer of Pro Home Inspection Services has over 40 years of inspection experience, residential and commercial. He's also qualified as an expert witness in various state, federal, and county courts. Home inspections are a great way to check things out before you begin projects. It's not just for selling or buying a home. Get started with ProHomeInspectionsSC.com. That's Pro home inspections SC. Dot com Pro Home Inspection Services. It's the value of experience.
0: Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. Two full hours on Talk ninety four point five.
4: Fathers, be good to your daughters. Daughters will love like you do. Girl become lovers, who turn
0: mothers. So mothers
2: be good to your Good morning everybody, welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Fathers be good to your daughters, special Father's Day edition of Saturday Morning Coffee. Quite a few of you checking in on the pcrxcomputers.com text line. And I uh, wanted to quickly announce, uh, folks, it is a special second-anniversary edition of Saturday Morning Coffee coming up next week. It is our special second... We made it two years. We made it two years. I, I've, Of course, I've, I probably made substantial progress to, toward being yanked off the
3: air today. Wow. So hey, I think we've had less a chance of being yanked off the air than some other people we know. We'll see what happens.
2: <laughs> but if all goes according to plan, good Lord willing, and the creek doesn't yeah. rise which happens frequently in O'Ree County. The creek rises often in O'Ree County, unfortunately. Next week will be our special second anniversary edition where we'll we have having a special program with um, uh, our own Tom Heron and Up With America. It will be his one-year anniversary, our two-year anniversary. And so what I want to do is we're going to be, um, first of all, we're going to have some giveaways next week, special giveaways. We encourage you all to listen. If We're going to make a little medley. For next week, Glenn, with some of our funniest, most entertaining moments from the first two years of the show, we also want to include some well wishes from our loyal listeners. So if you want to be in that medley of well wishes and segment highlights from the first two years of the show, here's what you have to do. You have to call the office, my office at Davis & Boyd. That number, again, most of you know it, 843-839-9800. Ask to be transferred to my voicemail. I mean, you can talk to me if I'm there, but to get the voicemail message, to get your voice onto digital audio, you've got to ask for my voicemail. You leave me a voicemail and just put it the voicemail. I'm, I'm calling about Saturday morning coffee, and that will come to me in an email. We're going to clip those audio clips, meld them together with some funny things from the show, and that'll be a special two-year anniversary highlight reel that we will – emphasize next week on play on the show so if you you want better
3: better chances if you give us food as well yeah,
2: and give us some food as well and so we'll have some other giveaways but every person whose voice is selected whose segment is selected uh, to be on that segment we're going to make a contribution in your name we're going to be making a contribution the show is going to be making a contribution to the Texas border wall fund all right and so it's going to be in your name you'll be among the names listed the contribution will be made by saturday morning coffee in honor of our loyal listeners so if you call in and leave that message and you're in the segment your voice you'll get to hear your voice and you'll be your your voice will be broadcast to billions through the podcasting universe <laughs> And also to hundreds of thousands here in the greater metropolitan Myrtle Beach area. But not only that, but a contribution in your name will be made to construct the wall that Governor Abbott is building in Texas. It doesn't get any better than that, folks. You just have to leave a pleasant message. On my voicemail congratulating us for two years, or whatever you want to say. I'm not going to, we're going to let you exercise editorial discretion. Say what you want to say. Billions. Billions. 843-839-9800. 843-839-9800. That is the office of, excuse me, Davis and Boyd. Ask for Reese Boyd's voicemail and uh, leave me a message. It will come to me in my email, and we will take it from there. There So I hope you guys will stick around next week for the special second anniversary show right now. Even better, joined here in the studio by my good friend, solicitor of the 15th Judicial Circuit, which includes O'Ree and Georgetown counties, our own, the Honorable, the esteemed Jimmy Richardson. Jimmy, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, guys. Good seeing you all again. Always
3: a pleasure to see you, sir. Jimmy,
2: uh, you're kind enough to check in with us every now and again, and we appreciate the updates from the solicitor's office and wanted to get you back in the studio because there's been quite a bit of discussion on the uh, we had some death penalty legislation that came down the pike uh, on through the General Assembly, and you know, there's uh, now we have a new option. Obviously, we were having a hard time uh, getting the lethal injection material in uh, Columbia, and so. By the way, you, you're looking good. You got some sun. Yeah, man, you're looking good this morning. Um, I need to hang out with you. You've been you've been boating. <laughs> no, no, yeah. I played a little golf. Played a little golf. Yeah. All right. So there's been uh, much debate in the General Assembly about. Uh, death penalty means of death penalty. I know you've had a few death penalty cases that have been impacted by this difficulty uh we've basically had a sort of a de facto moratorium mm-hmm. on on death row and so now we have the interesting option because lethal injection has been so hard to come by the the manufacturers have stopped making the materials uh, they can choose between the electric chair or they also have the option of uh, firing squad but you know i don't know if you have any thoughts on that want to comment but Death row is now back in session, so to speak. Um, yeah. And you've had some death penalty experience. What What's your take on, on all that, and how has that impacted your cases in, uh, in, in the 15th Circuit?
7: All right. So because uh, the death penalty has kind of been on hold, uh, we, we could try the cases, but they sat on death row. And generally, people would die of old age you know, on death row. Yeah. Um, and just like you'd hit on, the, there's a three-part cocktail. And the manufacturers of the drugs, the last part, uh, they refused to manufacture. So um, all across the nation, this just wasn't in South Carolina, it was all across the nation, state and federal, they were unable to give the cocktail because they couldn't get the third part of the drug. Um, It was a really good ploy by the um, left. uh, And there's, you know, people even in the center that uh, would be opposed to the death penalty. Um, reasonable minds can disagree here we have tried um two of the last four death penalties in the state, and part of that's because other people in the state just said there's no reason for us to go. Uh, get the death penalty when there's no way of carrying it out. Yeah,
2: because it's a lot more expensive to try a death penalty case.
7: It is. It is. We tried uh, Lazinski Cottrell, mm-hmm. and uh, he had killed two people prior and then killed Joey McGarry, the Myrtle Beach police officer. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, That happened at the uh,
2: Dunkin' Donuts. Yep. Right Man, there on 17. Uh,
7: we we tried that. and Huge, huge tragedy. Oh, my goodness. And right. we tried um, the uh, Sunhouse murders uh as and that was uh all of these sun houses that were getting robbed and the clerks were getting shot. Um so we tried that as a death penalty. Um it is very rare here in Horry County. I think um I think we've got it about as good as we can uh and there's a lot of confusion on that. People well why this guy should get the death penalty. Not every murder qualifies as a death penalty case and even when it does uh qualify uh Every murder is not that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got about 80 ending.
2: Ha- I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But you have to have some aggravating circumstances. you got to have aggravating
7: circumstances. Now, you can, um, you know, it, it could be shooting across the street. It could be kidnapping. It could be killing a police officer, a prosecutor, killing a child, mm-hmm. um, a vulnerable adult, uh, all of those things. But it's got to be murder plus something else. Yeah. And uh or multiple murders. Yeah. So it could be uh it could be a lot of things, but most of our murders locally uh are gang related and it's usually one gangbanger shooting another gangbanger or uh a drug dealer shooting a um another another drug dealer. Uh so a lot of those cases wouldn't go up. But the ones that we go up on is when you are going into convenience stores and killing uh, clerks, you know, yep. that was the last one that we tried. And that was about a year, year and a half ago. For that, about a year and a half before that was um, the Lazinski Cottrell, mm-hmm. who had killed two other people and then killed Joe McGarry. But um, so sitting on hold, um, you always have to have a choice. And back in the late 70s, early 80s, the Supreme Court overturned the death penalty by calling it cruel and unusual punishment um and that's because i mean reese i tell people all the time when you're dead you're dead but it was a a a gory look and you saw green mile and all of these movies that were coming out by hollywood and we all love the movies but it was really playing with us to say hey y'all need to quit with the death penalty that's what was going on so um that's when they came up with the cocktail, and it took a lot away from the, the leftist because mm-hmm. there's no electricity anymore.
2: No no big show, nothing gruesome. We couldn't right.
7: just replace that
3: third ingredient that's missing with, like, Drano or something? I said um, replace
7: it with fentanyl. That's yeah. killing there so you many go. people. But, uh, that'd be a great idea. And We've uh, got
2: plenty of that. I yeah.
7: think it uh, might have a long line of uh, uh, people in prison trying to— trying to take what? it i saw one uh one was scheduled for uh it's
3: on been on death row for 32 34 yeah. years yes. yeah. and, and he's been stayed that is just way too long yeah I, I totally agree how many um how many people are on death row in south
2: carolina do you know i think it's 24 yeah it's yeah quite a few actually uh, most I, of the I, other I ones I knew have was, died off yeah a lot of people have, exactly a lot of people have died on yeah from the money we've spent so um Jimmy, can you stick around for one quick break and we'll yeah, come back? Yeah, please. All right, folks, we're talking to Jimmy Richardson, our solicitor here in the 15th Circuit. Jimmy is kind enough to check in with us every few weeks, let us know what's going on in the solicitor's office. And we'll be right back with the, some parting words and Saturday morning coffee after these words from our sponsors. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. i
0: Saturday Morning Coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese coming up next on Talk 94.5.
2: Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here today talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Scott, you and I have talked many times that there are lots of financial advisors in Myrtle Beach, but why would folks be well-served to contact Powell Financial Services if they need assistance with their financial planning.
5: Reese, it really begins when they walk through the door. As fiduciaries, we put their interest above our own. We're not just a bunch of advisors competing with one another. What we do is we wrap the entire organization around their family, helping them navigate today and their future with a high level of comfort and confidence.
2: Folks, that's great financial advice from Scott Pyle and Pyle Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. Call them anytime at 843-945-4480 or reach them online at PyleFinancialServices.com.
6: At Williams Flooring Carpet One in Pawleys Island, shopping for floors just got a whole lot easier. Get samples delivered right to your door. How simple is that? Start online at williamsflooringcarpet1.com and get started on updating your floors with samples delivered to your door. At Williams Flooring Carpet 1 in Pauly's Island, they offer their unique, beautiful guarantee. If you don't love your new floor, they'll replace it free. It doesn't get easier than that. Williams Flooring Carpet One has a beautiful showroom with tile, carpet, luxury vinyl plank, and lots of products in stock and ready to roll. Find out why so many homeowners all over the Grand Strand love Williams Flooring Carpet One. Bev and Rob Webster know floors, and they know how to make you smile. Shopping for floors just got a whole lot easier. Everything gets started online at WilliamsFlooringCarpetOne.com, or stop by and visit Highway 17 in Pauls Island.
0: Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, on Talk 94.5. Covers up the refrigerator, oh yeah, he loves that
4: little girl. Mama's waiting to tuck her in, as she fumbles up those stairs, she smiles back at him. Dragging that teddy bear. Good
2: morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Good times this morning here on Saturday Morning Coffee, and time flies when you're having fun. We are joined here in the studio today by my good friend, Jimmy Richardson, who is kind enough to serve our county, our counties, rather, as a solicitor of the 15th Judicial
7: Circuit. Jimmy, thanks for joining us here on the show today. Thank you, my friend. I really enjoy being here. Um, I'm so glad we get to come back instead of last few times it's been uh, over the phone. Yeah, COVID. I like
2: having you in the studio. It's always it's always a great uh, fun to have folks in here in the studio enjoying coffee with us here in the coffee house. Now, Jimmy, there's a rumor going around that you've got a pretty good record. I want to toot your horn a little bit because you're not the type to toot your own horn. You guys have a pretty good prosecution rate in the solicitor's office.
7: Yeah, and numbers can be crazy, Reese. But our prosecution, our successful prosecution rate is ninety-two percent. Um, now, um, if you look at uh, other, look at other stats uh, all across the state, they're low. But here's here's why, and I'm not going to go into great detail of the numbers. Mm-hmm. But just the other day, we had a, a string of burglaries in and around Grand Dunes. Mm-hmm. We tried the man. He had fifty some warrants. Um, Yeah, Uh, yeah, fifty. But it was it was tons of break-ins, and 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 Reese will tell you when you have a break-in, a a burglary, the police will hit you up with possession of stolen goods and failure to stop for blue light, and you know all of the other things that go with it. So in that case, we tried him on two burglaries, and um, he got twenty-five years in prison. He'll have to serve 85% of that before he becomes eligible for parole. Okay. So old boy is sitting on 25 years. Um, the numbers in Columbia will reflect we were two wins, 48 losses. I got gotcha. you. You see? Yeah, and gotcha. that is minuscule, what, that's, 4 or 5%? Yeah. Um, now, ask um, Charles that's sitting up there in prison for the next 22 years waiting on a parole hearing if he thinks he won yeah if Um, it was
2: two for 50 or or 48 for 50
7: yeah so and and the people should be mad if i went back at um charles white and tried him again and again and again and then five years from now i'm trying him on a failure to stop for a blue light and now he's got 35 years instead of 25 years you know there's judicial economy involved but yeah absolutely um, well
2: you you've got like everything else, you've got limited resources, and you have to marshal those resources and do a good job with the funds that you're appropriated. We we expect all government to do that. You
7: you better hope so. Yeah. Um, uh, and I and, and you've I, done you've done an excellent job. How long have you been the solicitor? I've been in the office. Um, Ralph Wilson hired me, uh, so I started in 1998. Um, I worked with Judge Floyd. Then I started in 98, and mm-hmm. Greg Hembry stepped down in 2012, and Nikki Haley, um, my first being the solicitor Mm -hmm. uh, elected solicitor it was a vote of one to nothing and that was uh nikki haley in uh december of 2012 and i've been the solicitor since then
2: well you have been a good friend of the show you've been a great solicitor you're and you'll be up for re-election next year i believe
7: yep uh um every four years they make you go through this thing called an election we've been fortunate so far uh, we've got great relationships. I couldn't have better friends than the sheriff from Ori and Georgetown counties. Um, Carter Weaver um, will be on the boat parade. So look out for me with uh, Carter on the July 4th uh, boat parade. Cool. And uh, one of my best friends in the world is Philip. And I think it, there are many times that the prosecutor and the police disagree. But it is always wonderful when you are disagreeing with friends, uh, almost like family, um, you, you're going to have, um, you're going to have disagreements, but, but boy, um, you know, they do a fine job. Mm-hmm. The The job of police is different than the role of prosecutor, but, um, I, I, we could not have a better relationship with the police that we've had, not only state, but federal. Yeah. And um, that's been great.
2: I just want to thank you for your service uh, these many years. Thank you for the the hard work that you have put in. And I can attest, as a member of the bar, Jimmy, you are accessible. And I don't ever put a call into you. Either you're available or you get back to folks. And I find you to be one of the more responsive public officials uh, that we – and by far, one of the most responsive public officials that we've got in O'Ree County. We're blessed to have you, folks. It's Jimmy Richardson, our solicitor. Come back anytime, my friend.
7: Thank you, my friend. I look forward to it. We'll do it in a
2: little while. That sounds good, folks. That's Jimmy Richardson, your solicitor. Please follow him and uh, keep up with him. He's doing great work for you. And that is the end of another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee. Folks, I want to thank you for joining us here on the program today. I hope you will find your dad and hug him, wish him a happy Father's Day. I want to reach out again to my remaining uh, father-in-law, my earthly father here uh, in Columbia, who is uh, not doing so well today, but recovering, Uh, Dr. Bud. uh, Bud, I hope you're doing well. Folks, let me leave you with this from the Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. That's Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. You guys have a great Father's Day. We'll see you next week for a special second anniversary edition of Saturday Morning Coffee. Be with us then. Be blessed
3: what do
7: we play bit by bit i realize that's when i need them that's when i need them.
0: thanks for waking up with saturday morning coffee the reese Boyd radio hour on talk 94.5